Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and welcome to Live Dharma Sunday. If you have called in to listen to this morning's broadcast, please note that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you are joining us from either the Bright Dawn Ning site or the Blog Talk Radio site, please note that it is not necessary to call in. If you are experiencing loss of audio or the Blog Talk Radio player is not working properly, please refresh your page and hit the play button once more. It may take a few moments for your browser to complete the buffering process. Once again, welcome to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the broadcast. Sunday for April 8th, 2018. Koyo here. So very glad you joined us on Buddha's birthday. <laughs> Might explain that in the Mahayana tradition, the three major holidays around Shakyamuni Buddha, life is that his birth, April 8th, his death, February 15th, and Bodhi, or Enlightenment Day, on December 8th. And so, today, Sunday, is uh, this year is exactly on April 8th, uh, observed as Buddha's birthday celebration. And I was thinking about a topic in which um, now I don't I'm kind of sketchy on scholarly historical references and so forth so I'm just kind of winging it from my memory but I've sort of compiled uh, from memory it may have been from listening to Dharma messages or reading articles or uh, and so forth that had to do with Buddha's birth. Uh, and my attitude is I, I just find what's relevant and stands out for me personally and I keep that as, as a teaching for myself. So it's not meant to be, you know, comprehensive uh, uh, in a scholarly way, accurate and so forth, okay, with footnotes or whatever. Um, but here's one Dharma message on about Buddha's birth. It must probably come originally from a sutra, 
uh, of the Buddha's that the uh, Buddha's teaching, where he talks about uh, praises a person's life. Now, when you praise somebody, quite typically you may. No, well, I say let me let me put it this way. Uh, <clears throat> Shakyamuni Buddha's birth story, okay, and how <laughs> we don't know why, but <laughs> exactly, but how did it? What is it? And you know, let's look at it. Okay, now <clears throat> it's filled with mythology, perhaps you might call it. Okay where he said that upon the Buddha's upon birth, the baby Buddha took seven steps, pointed up, one index finger up, pointing up toward the sky, and he said, above the heavens, below the heavens, I alone am the noble one. Okay. <clears throat> well, okay. This is not meant to be, you know, realistic in the sense that a baby can't walk, a baby can't talk, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but assuming that this is the sutra from Buddha's talking about his birth, putting a, a focus or a highlight, uh, talking about his birth in a certain way, uh, sends us a message. He says, no, First of all, I think that this translation um, is interesting because when you first, any person <laughs> hears this, if someone says, I alone am the noble one, okay, <clears throat> sounds very egotistical. Um, so I, it, it, that kind of bothered me for a long time. You know, not enough to research into it or anything, but but then over the years and so forth, um, if we look at the, the the original sutra, and it has been translated into English as you know, above the heavens, below the heavens, which means everywhere, all over, universally. I alone am the most noble one. Um, <clears throat> what were the words, original words used? What were the u words used when it was translated from the early language into, let's say, going through the Mahayana northern tradition, translated into Chinese, translated into Japanese, translated into English, to come out with that statement? And... There, there are certain words, and so we could look at each individual word and look at its root meaning and so forth. And this is what has been come up with that I think is very interesting as a teaching. Okay. Okay, we can disregard the, the preamble, which is, you know, above the heavens, below the heavens. In Japanese, it's, you know, tenka, uh, ten is a heaven. Okay, so it's pronounced like that, but we don't need to be concerned about that because 
to me, that's not the most important part of the teaching. See? Just making a background statement for effect. Okay. Uh, universally, all over. Okay. This is uh, the baby Buddha saying, I alone am the noble one. And one word for um, means alone or singular or, you know, there's probably, there's no pronouns. <laughs> you know, in Japanese, there's no, there's no pronouns. Okay. Ikimasu means going. The I is already just the implicit. Okay. Uh, going to the store, you know, you don't, there's no I. Okay. Because it's presumed somebody's speaking. <laughs> that gives the context. Going to the store. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> But I alone, so one word means just myself. Then there's a word that in Japanese is called dokuson, which means uh, life itself joyful. Something like that. So it's an experience. It's a birth cry, you might say. And some thoughts, some associations are that it represents, he's interpreting, making use of a baby's birth cry. And all babies have a birth cry. You and I, when when we were born as newborns, okay, Sometimes maybe they had to spank us on the butt, right? Okay. And hold us by our feet, right? Upside down to get the fluid. We were in a fluid. In the womb, we were in fluid environment. And our lungs were filled with fluid. And we had to, we were going to breathe air, so we got to get that out of there. And they spank us and we cry. And we, you know, clear out that fluid, liquids, and so we could breathe on our own, okay? Um, Now, this, um, we could say like this, when that, when when the Buddha, representing all babies, representing human life, A new life and the birth cry can be interpreted as here I am, universe, in such a raw, innocent, powerful expression. Um, Isn't that inspiring power of the innocence of here I am, you know, it's, it's the baby doesn't care about all the things that we normally would associate with an individual's life. Like, he doesn't care that he's naked and doctors and nurses are around him. Is he embarrassed? No. Okay. Here I am. Okay. Is he concerned about that he's a male or female or his ethnicity, his race, his nationality, his 
You're not concerned about any of these labels. He's raw. Life itself. Just life. He's saying, oh, here I am, man. Okay. Uh, no self-consciousness at all. Okay. No concern about status, wealth, money, achievements. Okay. Wow. This is really primal, raw stuff about life. Okay. How, how inspiring. Okay. Now, what I was trying to get at before was the Buddha chose this as a role model for a big teaching. Normally, you would think if you want to well, look at the Buddha himself, maybe at a ripe old age. Okay? When you talk about praise somebody's life, usually you do it what, what, about his accomplishments. But look, how, look at this person's life, what he achieved, what he did, status. Look at his education. He's got the highest education. Look how scholarly he is. Look at the works he did. Look at what he wrote. Look at this. Look at this. Look at how much money he got, how much, you know, he contributed to society or something. All his accomplishments, okay? But a baby is naked. All, all this heavy clothes comes later, Okay, all the labels, all the status, etc. If you want to honor this individual, but the Buddha chose the newborn. Okay. Wow, this is raw. This is, <laughs> huh? It's a teaching because for us, because we all share this. Okay, as as a human newborn. And it's only later, okay, through society and conditioning and so social conditioning and so forth and everything, that all these things that we normally revere and associate with, you know, uh, maturity and achievement, okay, and all the labels, concepts, okay, uh, get all the attention. But we ought to think about this, uh, you know. Can you, <laughs> if to, what does it mean to be inspired by, I, uh, here I am, I, here I am alone and the most noble one. Uh, are we living our authentic, powerful life? Well, <laughs> that's something to be think about, and you need a lot more elaboration and and so forth on this topic. But uh, that that's something. Well, I want to introduce today's guest to give us a Dharma glimpse. This is John Mio. Uh, he was uh, in our LM for one group. Okay, he lives in uh, Central Illinois, Southern Illinois. And uh, Mio is Dharma name. Me is green. So green sun, uh, as he was interested in ecology and all these, you know, this is maybe Earth Day type of a season and springtime. And, you know, green means also, I think, 
uh, not ripe, right? Raw, beginning, a little green shoot comes up, okay? Uh, so it's maybe <laughs> I'm making an association with springtime and maybe newborn, you know. Uh, we say someone's green in the sense that they're not experienced, so it maybe is related to beginner's mind, you know, an infant's mind in the sense of looking at it from the teaching of innocence, okay, with its raw power, kind of a power, okay. In some other ways, of course, they're powerless, <laughs> okay. They're dependent upon, human babies are dependent upon adults and care, caretakers to take care of them. And they won't survive, okay? But we're not talking about that aspect, okay? The, the baby is, for such a helpless thing, has tremendous power <laughs> because of its helplessness, okay, in that sense. Well, let's hear from John Mio, and he has provided us with his recorded glimpse. When my wife was expecting our only child, she surprised me with tickets to my favorite alternative band. They were playing in Peoria about an hour or hour and a half from where we lived. We drove up, found parking, and found our way around the university to the hall where the concert was held. People were milling about, which wasn't unusual, so we went into the hall itself and found our seats and watched people milling about and talking to each other. I thought it felt a bit off. Usually once you get to your seat, you talk to the people near you and don't wander about. But maybe I was just getting old. Finally, the lights dimmed, the announcer came over the loudspeaker, and the warm-up band came on. The audience milled about, talked to each other, wandered in and out of the auditorium, and generally seemed indifferent to the show. This, I knew, was not normal. Finally, the band had had enough. They stopped playing, lectured the crowd, and stormed off stage. The crowd didn't care. There was the usual pause, and then the main band came out. They rocked. They rolled. They jammed out. The audience milled about, talked to each other, wandered in and out of the auditorium, and generally seemed indifferent to the show. Finally, the band had had enough. They stopped playing, cussed out the audience, and stormed off stage. As my wife and I left, we actually saw the band in the alley talking to each other. I was too embarrassed to go up to them and apologize. A few years pass, and the band is back in the area, playing at a local street fair. This time, they're only half an hour away, and there's no way I'm going to miss this second chance. My wife, my daughter, and I show up early, take in the atmosphere, check out some of the vendors. We wander over toward the music area and find us already getting crowded with people who are sitting down, waiting, not milling about. We even see some people we know, and our daughter sits with some friends her own age. The band comes on. They rock, they roll, they jam out, different. Some have gained weight. 
Some faces sag a little. I look over at my daughter with her friends, drinking some rum drink because it's hot out, and she's a senior in college now and old enough to buy alcohol. Although on that last trip to Peoria, my wife was pregnant with her. And I look back at the band. Oh, yeah, impermanence. Could have warned me about that. I can understand how they might have changed a little in the over two decades since I saw them last. I haven't changed, but I can understand how everyone around me might have. I've heard the teachings. Everything changes. Nothing's permanent. Eventually, this body will die. I get it. I can parrot parrot it back appropriately and even think I truly understand. But every once in a while, someone dies or you see someone you haven't seen in a long time. And there's a shock. And at least for a time, you actually feel, that's me. When you get that feeling is when, I think, you start to get it. Gasho. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's really... <clears throat> I thought of Me Too. You know, that's a Me Too movement. <laughs> that's a political, social political statement. Uh, <clears throat> but when... Uh, we know we learn about the most basic teaching in Buddhism of impermanence, constant change. Yeah, people getting older, people pass away. Me too. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, talking about it in a, a band concert uh, uh, context. The song like a rock <laughs> flashed in my memory, you know, uh, because one of my favorite themes is uh, Dharma rocks. Okay. A rock could be a noun and a verb, but, um, and one of our sort of uh, semi theme songs for Bright Dawn is. Bob Seger, uh, and it's been used in the, you know, Chevy truck commercial, like a rock or so-and-so was a rock. She was the rock of the family, you know, something solid, okay, like a rock, okay. Uh, but if you listen to that song, it's about a, a person in their maybe late 30s who was lamenting the fact that they're not 18 anymore. When he was 18, he was lean and strong. And now 20 years have gone by, and <laughs> and he's having a mini midlife crisis. Okay. And you think midlife, well, that seems kind of old, but could be in the 30s because you know, in the late 30s, then maybe... It's right in the middle of lifespan, you know. People maybe were passing away in their 70s, uh, late 70s or so, but 
according to how old you are, you know, 30s is, he could be seen as very young. But, okay, his song, his song is like he's remembering, okay, being a young man of 18. Is where do years go, okay? You know, before I was charging out of the gate, I was like this. I was solid everywhere, like a rock. Okay, and the chorus comes in, you know. Uh, so... Uh, we could see all kinds of interpretations or meanings in, in about rock, okay, Dharma rock, okay, uh, not just something solid, okay, but everything is changing, even the rocks, huh? Uh, we think a granite rock, <laughs> we have to say, oh, geologic time, okay. Or this, you know, time is so relative. Okay, we might think that the mountains are so solid, but there was an ocean here eons ago. Huh? Uh, regardless of all these different, <laughs> you know, aspects, uh, this being able to express these basic kind of teaching in real life terms, okay? Like seeing <laughs> it in the context of uh, 20 years later, seeing the same band, okay? Uh, seeing contemporary music, the lyrics, okay? Uh, makes, it personalizes it. That's what, you know, that's what the the teachings are all about, Okay? A lot of people want to talk about Buddhism, but when you want to talk Buddhism, it's got to be about your own life, okay, to have that impact. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, okay, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you.